0: People are like, what's my weak point? And you know, my response is until you've won an Olympia, every single part of your body is your weak point. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Grand Eye Podcast. I'm just Justin Mahaley and I am joined by a very special friend of mine, Braden Miller from Canada, has come on today. Man, we have such a refreshing conversation. We're going to talk to you guys about communicating and leading with love, how to lead your pack, create a safe space for others within your energy for them to openly and freely communicate with you. We're going to talk about why your rep counts do not matter. And we're going to talk about some crazy backstory that Braden experienced, a true story of resilience. And I cannot wait for you guys to get to know this guy better because he's extremely special. Make sure to share us with your friends a five-star rating and review get ready this one's intense i'll see you inside Braden. motherfucking miller what are you doing on the grower die podcast dude what the heck is up been a long time, man. Been waiting for this day,
1: but we're uh, we're going to connect and have some fun today. I'll tell you that. 280
0: episodes deep, and he finally comes on. Ooh. We made it. Ma, we, 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 we made it. We made it, Ma. This is what I've been working for. This is the shot. Here we are. This is the <laughs> day. Dude, I, I said I said when we linked up, I was like, this, like, this is going to be the greatest bearded podcast of all time. So I'm just saying, if you're not watching this on YouTube, I feel real sorry for you because we got some great beards. We got a phenomenal neck tack going on on the other end of the screen this is A plus stuff. Braden. you're real stressed right now. You got a lot going on. Let me ask you, when you're really stressed out, there's clients you're dealing with, there's entrepreneurial items, you're opening a gym with your good friends uh, and, and new business partners there as well. And, and, and the stress is high. What are you doing? What do you do for Braden to help mitigate the stress as much as possible? And if you fucking say vape, I'm coming up to Canada right now and I'm ripping it out your fucking hand.
1: (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Vape. That's not in my vocabulary, man. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everybody knows that I vape. (laughs) Honestly, man, honestly, man, for me, one of the biggest things that I've, I've started to lean into this more, I've had some. The past six months has been a crazy learning curve for me. But one of the biggest things I've learned is communication. Um, so like at home with my wife, my my partner, she knows when I'm stressed, but I'm the type of guy that would never try to let that show before or talk about it. It's just like, keep fucking going, keep fucking going. But in a relationship that takes a toll because they got to understand what's going on and they need to know like, hey, I'm not going to be home till 11 p.m. when you're in bed. And I left at 530 this morning. I, I want to see you. But right now I just got to deal with this shit. Yeah. And if you don't communicate and talk about that stuff, you're not going to have support in it. So for me, as I start communicating these things more, and this is something I've had to go to therapy for and and work through as, as a lot of us are are doing that kind of stuff these days. um, It helps me because then I see that she wants to help me more. She's prepping food for me and and handling, taking care of that kind of stuff. And that goes full circle into dealing with your business partners, right? Like Mm -hmm. being able to um, pass off tasks that are just like, hey, can you handle this? I'm I'm stuck at the office. I got to take care of this. I got to do this. I need you to take care of this. And that's mm-hmm. when you have people you trust and you work with people and you have those people in your circle. You know, it's just going to get done. Yep. Okay. Right. So that's a very, very big one for me is the communication. Now, obviously, I mean, we could talk all fucking day about going for some walks and doing some breathing and that kind of stuff. We all know what helps manage stress. To be completely honest, what I find is during my most stressed out times, I sometimes move away from that stuff because I'm somebody that needs to keep moving and I get more stressed out if I go sit down for fucking 20 minutes, do some meditative work and that kind of stuff, because that's 20 minutes that I could be using to check boxes or reply to emails or get this done. And I mean, I'm the first person to tell my clients, Hey, you need to take a step back. But I just, I know for myself through a lot of experience and, and trial and error, it makes shit worse for me, believe it or not. Whereas I get de-stressed by checking fucking boxes. So when I get tasks completed or I get them done, my stress level drops. Now it comes right back up probably the next day when a new piece arrives, Yep. but it's just been, and I'm honestly right now, man, I, I know you're a, a very successful entrepreneur and you run multiple businesses and stuff. I'm kind of, I've been thrown to the wolves right now and and, and facing that for the first time. Yep. Um, running a coaching business is, is I fucking love it. And that's, obviously my number one passion, but in the last year here, having a bunch of these other businesses come kind of to fruition and and be basically growing and launching at the exact same time. Like I had two businesses launch within two days of each other <laughs> and that shit. It's like, there's no, there's no rule book for that. You know yep. what I mean?
0: Yeah. There's While no, there's, spend, not, there's no book you can read. There's no podcast you can listen to. There's no words of wisdom. There's no mentor you can pay. You got to get in. That, that you got to get in the grimy murky water and you got to figure out how to fucking swim through it. And that's really difficult. I commend you for that. I really, that's
1: just you. it, man. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, I know, I know you're tight with Ross and mm-hmm. Ross and I are partners on a business and yep. there's a lot of shit that I'm learning as I go here too. And like, I'm not perfect with my business and I'm not perfect with anything that I do. I need to be better in a million different areas. Cause if I was perfect, like we talked about 10 minutes ago, I'd be a billionaire. Yep. But am yep. not, not fucking there yet. So not yet. that's, that's the goal one day, brother. Yep. That's the goal for us all. But it's, uh, it's a learning curve. That's the biggest thing for me. I don't have perfect little things that I just deal with. It's like, Hey, this comes up fucking deal with it. Right. And, and that's kind of one of the mantras that I just live by, honestly. And I, and I tell to my athletes too, it's like, Hey, shit just happens. It's not happening to you. Yep. Find a way to fucking deal with it. I know you're big on like adapt, pivot, yep. keep moving. And, and that's a huge piece. Because, well, if I'm running a business and another one of my businesses, there's a fire, it's like, what's fucking more important? Deal with the more important issue and come back or have somebody else take care of this. Yep. Right. And and delegating is is a big piece of that. So, yeah, yep. that's kind of hopefully that answers your question. That was
0: phenomenal. I I want to I want to ask you it's you mentioned and obviously I I've been fortunate enough to meet you unfortunately one time, but I have been fortunate enough to meet you in person. One time we've communicated. We'll good see you bit. in Texas again this year. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I will be there <laughs> front and center, baby with that Hell fat yeah. TM all over the place. <laughs> I'll so, hide my paper. I promise. So, <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm taking it to the trash, <laughs> bro. <laughs> so, um, communication, was my greatest downfall, my first 27 years of life. And then I had um, a moment. I was in Charleston, South Carolina. It kind of seemed like my entire life fell apart. Um, I had some unfortunate things happen. Some of the situations I put myself in, some of the situations were um, like a ripple effect of where I had put myself. I was in a really, really low, dark place. And I literally just remember sitting there in my hotel room. This is when I still traveled so bougie. And I don't do this shit anymore. I'd fly first class. I'm staying at five-star hotels. I'm just, like, trying to, like, you, you, make, you make some money and you fucking, you know, you, you want to enjoy it. And I just don't do that anymore. Um, and that's who I was at the time. Uh, like that's, that was the individual that I was like, I'm successful. I can get away with this. I'm young. I'm cool. Whatever. Okay. So it's a, re- a reflection of some shit too, right? It is. It's so it's, it's overcompensation. It's complete mm-hmm. overcompensation. So, um, I was sitting in my hotel room. The hotel is called Hotel Bennett. It's in Charleston, South Carolina. Some people have seen this podcast be like, fuck, I know that place. It's real cool. And I'm in this $800 a night hotel. I'm surrounded by everything I need. And I'm just fucking sad and just depressed. And I'm just like, dude, your communication is so bad with people. It's so the, the, the signaling, the tonality what you're actually communicating, the message that you're giving versus the reality of what's happening, it's all so off and bad. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like what I grew up in. And like as a 27-year-old, I was a boy when I was 27. I was not a 27-year-old man. I was a 27-year-old boy. As a 27-year-old boy, you can't fucking base your life and run your life the way that you grew up around, especially when everything you know that you grew up with fell fucking apart. So Mm -hmm. I, I, in that moment, I was like, dude, how, how do you communicate? How the fuck do you communicate? So here's what I did, Braden. I want to hear your journey to communication so bad because I can tell you're a good communicator. You're very locked in and I can tell that the, you you are very similar to me that like, I think you're much more logic and logical thinking and very firm in nature, but you have a soft side and you have empathy for people as well. That's learned. And I really respect that in somebody. Not everyone's capable of having that. So, so I commend you for that. I literally just said, you know what? I'm just going to say everything. Yeah. I'm going to say everything. And this is going to fuck me in a lot of places, but this stress, this anxiety things falling apart like i'm on my way up and all this shit's just falling apart again like it happened when i was like 24 too when i started making a little bit of money and i Braden, i just say everything and i mm-hmm. literally I, I i have friends in my life they're just like taken aback by some of the shit that i say i have romantic interests they're just like what did you what? Like, no one's ever, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, like this is what's happening. This is what's going on. This is what it is. Take it or leave it. And but we're fucking adults, but we're fucking adults. And like, can't we handle our shit enough to just yeah. hear the truth? I shared this, uh, this post before I, I I hear your thoughts on becoming a good communicator. Cause that was my path. I just simply started fucking saying everything. And yep. I, I love prefacing. I just had an intense conversation um uh, with someone this morning and I was like, I presented it as oh, here, what my intent of this conversation is, is for you and I to work together as a team to find a common solution that'll work best for both of us. And I then presented, here's what my current issue is, and here's a proposed solution, but I want to hear what you are experiencing and what you are going through. And it's just feedback at that point. You get this person's thought, you give your thought, you get, the, and then you work through it together together to come up with a common answer at the end. And it seems so hard for people to just do that. a comfort. Why is it always debate? Why is it always one side versus another? I, I, I can't understand that. So that was my path to becoming an effective communicator. Now I just had empathy and I make sure to make, Like everyone around me, like dude, including you, like you're a friend to me. If you're a friend to me, like you're going to have a really safe space to communicate anything with me. Ditto brother. And, and, and I believe that that's the least as men who are leaders of a pack, that's the least we can give our people is a safe space to communicate. How did you become a good communicator? What was your journey and process?
1: Honestly, mine is a little different and mine does, does come a little bit more from, like a therapy setting um cuz like i said i i had some i had some mistakes that were made and and i'm talking about relationship stuff mm-hmm. and things like that and like shit where you can throw away a very impactful piece of your life um because like i said this this shit for me kind of grew quick hit quick and and you know how it is working with Tony and Stephen and those boys like you start moving quick bro And all of a sudden my life was, was business. And I I almost forgot about some of the other pieces of my life that are very important. And from some sense, I think that that is important because anyone that talks about balance is fucking not going to go anywhere. But on the flip side, on the flip side, I mean, going somewhere alone is never that fun. Right. So, and that's never a a goal that I had. So honestly, I had to, I had to realize some things from my past and I'll get into a little bit, but I grew up a fighter, bro. Like I, I was a little boy, like you're saying. I was the guy that when I was 18 years old, I'd go to the bar not to get fucked up to fight. Yeah. And then I played junior hockey. I was a fighter on my hockey team. And I just always had, I wouldn't necessarily call it an anger, but like a piece of me that was kind of semi-violent. And for anybody listening, I'm not a fucking psychopath. But it's just <laughs> like a that, really nice kind guy. Of, <laughs> that's kind of like who I was as, as a young boy growing up i don't even want to say man yeah Uh, because it's extremely immature right and you kind of grow to that at some point it's like hey you can be a a violent person but that's be violent when you have to be violent you don't need to be violent at any other fucking time because you're not some tough guy Mm -hmm. so at the end of the day for me through these mistakes and stuff that i'd made in some therapy and counseling and and whatnot talking about it and just having enough con because man one of the hardest things is like some people think it's hard to hear the truth it's way fucking harder to speak the truth way fucking harder. And like I said, there's some things, there's some things that, and, and issues I would have never ran into if I just spoke my truth. Yeah. And I realized that's what, that was the, that was the turning point for me when I realized some decisions that I had made and some things that I had done that, that very evidently could have changed the course of an important part of my life was simply on the basis of a lack of fucking communication. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, and and I'm sitting in couples therapy or I'm sitting in my own therapy sessions, and I'm talking about these things, it gets made very clear, very fast. And then all of a sudden you start having these conversations and it's like, what the fuck? This was like, I could have avoided so much shit. Mm -hmm. And then you see that transfer over into other areas. You see it transfer over into your business relationships, your friendships. And it's like, straight up I'll talk about fucking anything with anyone cuz I don't really care. Yep. And that's a very big piece of it. Uh, I seen a thing one time that basically said if I wouldn't ask for your opinion or if I wouldn't ask for your advice in something I'm not going to listen to your opinion on it. Yep. And for me that's a huge 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 piece of value because I don't give a fuck. To be completely honest, if you think I'm a piece of shit, well I don't really care because I know I have a lot of people that don't think that and that's I care a lot more about those people than I do you and if you can sit down and give me a valid reason as to why I'm a piece of shit if it's valid I'll sit there and say all right I'm a piece of shit to you let's move on yep you know what I mean and and at the end of the day not everyone's gonna like me not everyone's gonna like you and that's okay Mm
0: -hmm. well that's that that, that's what makes us special that's what makes us unique especially again it's like if, if if you're a leader of a community if you're a leader of a pack um you're going to be unpopular amongst certain individuals, and that's because you took a stand. You took a you took a certain stance that attracted these people, didn't attract these people. But dude, like the reality is, at the end of the day, like these people, just from a simple f- um, alignment perspective, the folks that didn't that don't love your message, they were never going to be aligned with you in other areas of your life either. Those folks were also never going to hire you. You were never going to be able to profit off of them. You were never going to be able to actually help them in any sort of way because some people are just like they, they, they'll see you and they just decide right off the rip that like, no, you know, he's jacked and handsome and young. So <laughs> fuck that guy. And, you know, other people are like, hey, he's jacked and handsome and young. Like, I think I need more of that energy around me in life and attract, you know, and it attracts those individuals. Now, you made an interesting comment about how you were violent. Yeah. I, I, I've never been this fighter. I've never, I'm not going to act like I'm going to bars and fucking knocking people out. Mm-hmm. There's a very violent side there, though. There's a yeah. very violent side. But what's interesting The men who are able to be the softest in the right set and setting are typically the ones who are able to be the most violent in the right set or setting. And it's like, dude, I got I got I got eight people around me. I got eight, eight people in my circle that do not, do not ever fuck with one of them. And that's a powerful position to be because when you're a leader of a wolf pack, you know, like, like you know what you, you what you discuss with with your team, you're leader of a wolf pack. There has to be that sense of security because you know what they're going to give back to you. They're going to give you that same security. They're going to give you that same loyalty that you're constantly putting out there for them. Um, now, let me ask you: yep. Have you ever? You've worked with tons of athletes, so I know it's happened on the athlete side. Um, obviously you're getting into being a serial entrepreneur as well, which I absolutely love seeing for you. It's, it's fucking phenomenal. Fine, man. Man. Um, do you run into the issue of maybe being taken advantage of for your kindness? Um, or is that something that you, you haven't experienced a ton of yet?
1: Big time. Yeah. Absolutely big time. And, and like, <clears throat> obviously you've, like you said, you've seen it from the athlete side and it's like, You give somebody an inch, they take a mile and that kind of happens over and over and over again. Or you give someone a
0: mile and they give you an inch.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and all of a a sudden, like your, your check-ins are coming in 12 hours late. Yeah. And that was something where, to be completely honest, like I was a quote unquote cock for the longest time with my coaching, just letting that shit happen. And then as I got busier, I realized like, Hey, forget about my time. You're taking time from your fucking teammates. That's not Okay. So I've become very strict on that now, like very strict. To be honest, if you're five minutes late for your check-in, you're probably not getting a check-in response.
0: Yeah. Because oh, it's not I don't fucking time late, period.
1: Because late is late, like one minute or five is late, right? And and that's just the athlete side. Yeah. Now, from the other side, absolutely. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, as a as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, at you you know this for sure. Um, some people are are just there to kind of be there. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you're not bringing fucking value, I'm sorry, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to help pick you up and try to push you. But at some point there, it's just me fucking dragging you. Yes. And if I'm dragging you, that's weighing me and slowing me down and forget about violence. I'm trying to take violent action and I can't do that because I got a piano tied to my ass and you're that piano. Yep. Now, if that's the case, to be completely honest, I'm going to say, see you later. Yep. And it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be, um, anything outside of, we could still be friends. Absolutely. I can still treat you like a fucking human. I don't need to be a, a piece of trash to you. But at the end of the day, it's like, you're probably going to think of me that way because you've tied your, your value and our relationship value to the relationship we're in there. And you can't separate those. But for me, I can, yep. I can look at it with a different hat and I have to, and, and same way with you, you have to be able to wear a different hat because if you just tie too much fucking emotion to it you're never going to make the decisions that you need to make and that that crosses over into coaching right like if you become so good such good friends with somebody and you don't keep those fucking boundaries clear that there's coach and there's friend you're going to make poor decisions as a coach because you're worried too much about your fucking friend and their feelings or this and that that you're not going to turn the knobs you need to turn and they're not going to look the way they could or whatever right so Yeah, that's
0: completely with that. I swear Ross told you to say that to me on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I actually
1: just, I just separated with a client just the other day because of it, man. And and to be honest, he said to me, he said, I was just thinking we would have built a lot more rapport and been a lot more friendly by now. And I said, did you hire me to be your fucking friend or did you hire me to be your coach? Yeah. What the fuck? Because you told me you wanted to be a pro bodybuilder and I've dropped you 30 pounds in the last fucking four months and you're getting there. But what did you want, a friend? Because I'm sorry, I don't have time to be your friend. I have time to be your coach.
0: That is so weird because so if obviously I follow along with the stuff you put out on, on socials, Ross well, and I talked about this on the last podcast out like what the fuck do we put out? That makes you think you're hiring us and you're getting something other than the message that we are constantly portraying on Instagram, on podcasts, on YouTube, on every public format. Me and Ross literally sit across from each other on the table in a podcast screaming about losers and quitters. And then you hire us. And in two fucking weeks in, you're fucking quitting and being a loser. What the fuck did you hire us for? Or like you're talking about, Braden, like. I, 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 Ross, I literally discussed this on the podcast, uh, yesterday that'll drop the one before this one. So everyone's fresh off listening to that. Um, guys, men, men are idolizing like yourself, Ross, myself, and then they hire us and they think that's all they need to do mm-hmm. they just hire us. No, no, like the hiring us is the start of this process. Like, dude. We are going to coach you. You you just said it. You come to me saying you want to be a professional. You want to achieve an IFBB status as a bodybuilder. Do you know how this isn't bikini? No shade. No shade. This just isn't fucking bikini. This is going to take, if you're good, if you're in a good starting place this is going to take five years of you going all fucking out and having extra money every single month to put towards bodybuilding for you to 100%. achieve this goal. Like, so you're telling me that you want to be a professional bodybuilder. What I'm reading is I'm committed to you for the next five years. Yep. Facts. And and then you're nine months in and you're like, Hey coach, you know, um, Thought we'd have a little better rapport by now. I feel like other athletes. Oh, my God. This one sends me. I feel like other athletes get invited to train with you in Austin. Who the fuck has been invited to train with me? Who the fuck? uh, What? You think I'm fucking sending out postal cards? No. Bro, there's there's
1: literally a Reddit post that says I only do training sessions with my favorite athletes. News fucking flash. I train at a gym as all my athletes and I've only ever trained with one. Who's my fucking training partner. It, it literally <laughs> blows my
0: mind. Me people Thomas people draw their own fucking every day. conclusions to shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I don't understand what you want or I'll have one of my WPD pros come train with us who can train just as hard as Thomas and I and keep up with us. And like, you want the validation of me inviting you to Austin to train with, with us. Like, dude, if you're on a trip, you're on a weekend getaway and like you're in town and our schedules sync up perfectly. And Thomas and I are training a body part that like, dude, I have a training partner. This is a team. So if you're coming in, I have to message Thomas and be like, Hey dude, you know, you, you, you cool with this person joining and Thomas has every right to say no. And then I, I can like, I can't invite you. I can't, well, I can't. And, you. and
1: I look at that this way too. It's like, to be completely honest. And if you're listening to this and you're one of Justin's athletes or mind, if that's something you want, then fucking earn it. Because if we look at you and we're like, you know what? I want to fucking train with that person. Cause they train fucking hard nuts. Well, I'll tell you what, like I'm somebody who I need that hard training. Yep. And if I look at you and I'm like, fuck, I want to train with that person. You're doing something right. Yep. If I'm not saying that, you're not doing something right. Yep. And I don't care if you're a male, female, bikini athlete, or a fucking pro bodybuilder. I if I see you training hard, I'll train with you when you're here. And there it's it's again going back to we can't just fucking train with everyone. No, right? Dude. And and on the flip side, if you're supposed to send me four or five training videos a week, three, four, whatever it is. And you're not training, the, sending those, but then you want to do a training session with me? Well, fuck no, because you're not even letting me see your train.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm like still giving you feedback to the footage you send, which to, to an extent, there's some people, like I have an athlete, Matty Zolik, that like, or Kiki Mazza, or people like that, Bobby, they'll send me training footage. And I'm like, what we're changing, Braden, is like 0.01% yeah. now. All right. Yeah. If I'm sending you, like, you need to set up differently, or you need to focus differently, or you need to execute differently. Did like I like look, my training session, your training session, like, dude, we're bodybuilders who like we want to be pro-bodybuilders. So that means that our training sessions are like really, really important. I'm not yeah. coaching anyone during a training session. I'm 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 trying to coach myself. That's for for me.
1: That's for (laughs) you. And like, trust me, you don't want to, you don't want me to miss my training sessions or be upset about my training session because then your check-in won't be the same fucking (laughs) response because I'm not going to be in the right headspace. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: my time. Brady, how often you have a training session that you would say is act. Well, right now it might be skewed because you have a lot going on. How often you have a training session you would say is less than ideal.
1: Right now is very skewed because I got a shoulder injury and all this business. So it's been a, it's been a disaster, which is in a normal setting in a normal setting. Fuck man. Rare. Because like I said, that is my time. So I'm going to plan my day around that, but also make sure my athletes are taking care of every other task. And if that means I'm training at 10 PM, that's cool with me because prior to 10 PM, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I need to do to get ready for that training session. And that might mean that I finished my work at eight and I'm going to time my meal properly still so I can train properly. Because again, for me, that matters a lot Yeah. because I also have physique goals. As much as I'm, che- you're checking in with me and I'm telling you what to do, yep. I also have a coach. Yep. I also have goals of my own that I might not sit here and voice to you every day. I might not post on my social media that road to pro bullshit, yep. but the flip side is I'm trying to do some shit with my physique too. Yep. And the mental piece to that, if I miss on my training session, that does affect me. Yeah. So I can't miss because if that affects me, that affects other people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I can't be in that state of mind. Right. So that's the other thing that that has taught me is I've also gotten really good at just sure. If I have a shitty training session. For the rest of the evening, I might just be fucking a little bit pissed off, mm-hmm. but I wake up in the morning. It's a new fucking day. Shake it off. Move on. May have a good training session today because my feet hit the ground. I got to show up for my people. Yep. And if I'm whining and bitching about that, and I say it to my athletes too. It's like, it's Thursday. You're, you're telling me you're still in a fucked up mindset from your training session on Monday that didn't go as planned. Yeah. What the fuck? Why is that still? Why is that still tied? Have to some you? fucking resiliency yeah and that's that's a really good word for it is like as much as i want to limit them i'm also understanding of it's going to fucking happen yeah because i can't be in a perfect scenario every single day as much as i want to create it yeah i can't yeah so with all these pieces i have moving i'm going to do the best that i fucking can but when i'm in there you won't see my eyes wandering around the fucking
0: gym in the middle of his head i promise you that yeah i don't understand that there's there's a couple items to unpack here Number one, look. I plan my Sunday. Sunday night comes. I sit on my eighth floor. That's like the amenity floor, and I watch the sunset. And I got some music going. I'm 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 smoking real things that are actually tangible items, like weed, not fucking vaping. Disgusting, dude. Disgusting. So I'm. And I just set my intention for the week with my mm-hmm. training. Look, what I'm doing with clients, that's autopilot. What I'm doing with yep. emails and how I respond to mentees and when I respond to mentees and all oh, that's autopilot. The meetings that I have throughout the week, they were scheduled the week prior. So I just check my account. I sit there for an hour, for two hours, for Braden, as long as I need it. I just think about my fucking training sessions. Yep. And let me tell you, when I have a client hit me up, it's like, oh man, you know, like I've had like three or four bad training sessions and I'm like, what the, how the fuck, dude, what do you mean? Or, or what, what I, there's one point to this that I guess there's a caveat. People are still stuck in the mindset of like, well, I didn't increase in reps or load. And I, like, dude, I'm focusing with people like, Hey, when you're done with that set, I don't care about reps or load to, to be honest, Braden, I stopped keeping a log book. Thomas and I both did for the time being, um, because we're we're focused on that stimulus, dude. I'm thinking about all right, how much pain did I endure this week? Yep. Next week, I know that if I can just simply endure more pain, then I have to be getting a little bit better. And people are like, well, how do you gauge that? When you're training, you know. <laughs> You, you know where that pain is at you're finishing with partials or you're fuck you're just dude and you, you know what else I'm really I'm um, I, I hate doing um, I know you program training for your athletes as well. I hate programming training because you know what I want you to do? I want you to get in and go ballistic. I yeah. wish I could just set, tell you the exercises that I want. I'm going to get every muscle in a stretch, every muscle in a contraction. I'm going to get every muscle set up at 5 to 30, you pick, just and, fucking and I want you to go fucking nuts. Like yeah. if you, you are my athlete listening to this right now, I literally the exercises are awesome. Everything else I literally want you to go absolutely ballistic in the set yeah. 100%. like 100% I just want you to go nuts and I'm not sure how to program this because not everyone understands that or like has that seventh gear But dude, I want you to go in and like when you stand up from that machine I want you to a finisher set 90 seconds ago But you physically were incapable of standing up until right now And, and I want to fucking right. see that dude, but you know You put something on paper and people like oh, you know, I, well, I stopped it at 15 <laughs> What the fuck is fifteen? What the fuck's fifteen, dude? I haven't. haven't. When
1: actually I look, I look at you move, and there was thirty-five left in the tank. Yeah, Yeah, we were RPE (laughs) two. That's what I start doing to people, though, man. I'm like, hey, you're gonna hit that load, the same load next week, but I want fifteen more reps. Yeah, yeah. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I'm like, what do you mean, what the fuck? Do it. And then what do they send you? They literally send you fifteen more fucking reps. (laughs) Yeah, and they're like, holy shit. And I'm like, okay, now we're getting closer. Yeah, hit the same amount of reps you did today with an extra twenty-five pounds of side. Yep.
0: Yep. And then you see real failure and it's like, that's what I'm talking. Yeah. That's what we need every step. Hey, did you ever, um, this was a long time ago, Matt Jansen posted back when he lived in Tennessee, like a long, long time ago. Um, Mm -hmm. he would teach people training effort by having them do widow makers on a spin bike.
1: Oh yeah. Fucking rights. I know all about it, man. You ever done that? Uh, I actually think that might be one of the things that contributed to my fucking heart blowing up, but yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not even kidding you, bro. I'm not kidding you. No, wait, wait, what happened? What happened? So, do you know about my heart incident? No. Bro, I uh had a spontaneous aortic dissection on the gym floor. I split my aorta in a V on when the gym floor. I was in a this was 2018. I was on the I was in a coma for four days. I was in the hospital for just under 10 weeks. I have a defibrillator now. Yeah, bro. We didn't
0: know each other back then. No, we didn't. What I uh
1: I was I was just a person that was when I was kind of my, my biggest, I think Cam and I got a little better here now, but I was, uh, I did exactly that. And I don't know if it actually contributed, but the timing just didn't make a, it it definitely fucking was close. So I did that literally, um, I was doing like a cleanup phase and my coach at the time had me do them. And I just kept going and he was dialing. So he would turn the intensity full on a spin bike. So like I could barely fucking pedal and I would just go and go and go. And it was round after round. And I just go, I got to the point that I was, I literally had to jump off the bike to puke in a can and I puked, I got home. My, my house was about 10 minutes from the gym. Okay. I got home and he was with me. And for like the next three hours, I kept puking. And I just kept fucking puking. I had zero appetite the rest of the night, like the entire night. I could not get a meal in. So I went to bed without eating. And What do you uh, think happened? I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. And then literally it was about, I think it was roughly about a week and a half later. I was in the gym and I was back squatting. I was warming up and I did my last warm up set with 405. Did a couple of reps and I felt super lightheaded. I was using a little bit of GH and slim at the time. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, kind of feels like low blood sugar. Went to the front, grabbed a Gatorade, sat down, hammered a Gatorade. Was good. 15, 10, 15 minutes go by. I'm like, okay, I'm going to touch this load one more time before a working set. So I get under 405, do a couple reps, rack it, go to walk away from the bar. Boom, drop. Flat on my face. Uh, Next thing you know, I woke up five days later with a tube in my mouth in the hospital and I was, yeah, I was crazy, bro. Crazy. insane. I went, I went from 247 pounds to just under 10 weeks later when I left the hospital, I was 196 pounds.
0: So what was that like mentally? What were you experiencing when you Fuck. got out of the hospital mentally?
1: Absolutely fucked, bro. The yeah. first time I seen myself in the mirror in, cause like I wasn't blasting when that happened. I was just in a cruise, but yeah. you know, when you've been kind of blast cruise, the cycles, you still got roundness, fullness yeah. in your balance. You're still eating a lot of food. Bro, I looked at myself in the mirror inside my hospital room and I almost fell over. Like the first thing that goes on me is my delts. Okay. And it was just like nothing. And I, and I had been in, I was in so much pain for those 10 weeks, not because of anything to do with my heart, because of the atrophy I was experiencing. Like my back was fucked every day. It's just like wrenching pain in my erectors and my lats. And like, it was brutal, dude. Uh, what do you the think the pain fe- was from? Just fucking my body, basically eating itself, bro. Like I wasn't, I wasn't moving. I was, I was very fortunate. Like my mom and dad were fucking cooking me steaks and chicken breasts and rice and bringing them to the hospital because, like, that's me. I'm like, I'm saying to them, I can't eat this fucking hospital bullshit thing. Like they had to when I was on life support, they had to feed me uh, three times the amount of food bags they give a normal human to keep me alive. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the, the the whole
0: fuck we could do a whole podcast on that story absolutely insane the mental recovery getting back into the gym like your first day back in the gym what like what do you do
1: so i was actually told by my doctors that i should never train again to be honest with you (laughs) wow and i basically looked at them and said fuck you that's not happening you don't know who i am yeah um and and at that point it became a game to me it's like yeah you'll see Uh, they told me I had to be on beta blockers and, um, fucking every drug under the sun for basically the rest of my life. And I literally six months later came off of everything and showed my, my cardiologist. I didn't tell them at first. Um, and they're like, yeah, your shit's getting better. Your shit's getting better. And then finally, after nine months of not taking the drugs, they told me I had to take forever. (laughs) I literally actually had brought my revive bottles in and showed them what I was taking. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know what this is. And I was like, facts, but you've told me over the last nine months, every three months I've gotten better and better and better. So I don't actually need those fucking meds that you think I do. Yep. Wow. Well, yeah. Getting back in the gym, bro. It was, it was a little freaky for me at first. Like I started having, um, my heart rate would. So what happened to me is I'd, after that whole thing, I'd go into VTAC a little bit. So ventricular tachycardia. Yep. So my heart rhythm would just kind of freak out and I'd feel it go a little weird here and there. And eventually I would just test my limits a little bit more a little bit more, the worst thing, like I was hoodied the fuck up when I was training and stuff. Yeah. Cause just, I couldn't, I couldn't look at myself in a shirt, yeah. bro. Like yeah. that was tough. You know how it is. Like Absolutely. we all have a little bit of body dysmorphia and, uh, but I was a hundred percent certain that I was going to get me back. Then I just kind of kept w- rolling with it. The only thing was, uh, believe it or not. And it, I guess it makes a lot of fucking sense. RDLs. That was okay. the one movement that really fucked me up. And that's been the case, honestly, up until about, pardon me, a year and a half ago or two years ago. Anytime I do heavy RDLs, I'd almost get like a little flutter after and I'd have to like take a knee because I'd be like, holy fuck, this thing's going to hit. But I did actually, my defibrillator has gone off a few times. So again, so this was about a year, yeah, a a year after everything had happened, I had recovered, got back in the gym. Um, I'm at the gym training and I'm with a bunch of my bodybuilder clients and some of my friends who are powerlifters who are just fucking psychotic. Mm -hmm. they're doing crazy shit. And I finish a hamstring day and one of the barbells on the floor just has 315 on it. And one of my clients grabs it and does a set. And somebody says something to me. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll do an amrap set of 315 for the L's. And I just grab the bar and I just start going. He's and going nuts. like one, one, two. And actually, my one buddy was filming it. It's like one, two, three. I got to 17 reps and I'm at the top. And I literally paused at to the top and I go, ooh, my heart. And I keep going. My fucking heart was going like this. I did one more rep, bro. And that was, this was the first time my defibrillator ever went off. Yeah. It fucking felt like I got shot in the chest. No way. Yeah. It fucking, it scared the shit out of me. Ooh. I think I don't really like, I remember it, but I don't remember yeah. it. I, dropped, like, I threw the bar down because it literally felt like I got a buckshot to the chest. And I was like, what the fuck? And then the next thing I know, I just woke up on the floor and I passed out right after that.
0: That'd be a huge rush of adrenaline um i I, I would think yeah like it would be insane it was enough to make you pass out temporarily.
1: yeah yeah i passed out now that time i passed out and i think it just like it literally fuck, shocked the fuck out of me i was just like holy shit so then i obviously took it easy after that things felt a little off and then it did happen again i was training in my garage one time same thing i did bent over barbell rows in that bent over position i finished a heavy set and my heart rate was racing and i felt fine and i was just standing against my uh cable rack in my garage and all of a sudden fucking i get warm bang my defibrillator goes off and i i didn't pass out or anything this go around i kind of was just like all right fuck time to go inside and relax for a little bit
0: yeah that has to be extremely humbling maybe grounding to feel yeah and i think
1: honestly it's 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 honestly crazy. It's not a feeling you can experience or yeah. or explain or you have to experience. You can't explain it. But yeah. imagine somebody tases you, bro. Just I've been electrocuted somebody. before. Yeah. So it's probably very close. Like an electric
0: but fence. Like,
1: yeah. So do you know, you know when you're going to pass out and you get like super warm and flush? Yeah. It's like that feeling. And then like literally somebody puts a shotgun in your chest. Real <laughs> Jesus. Play. But it That's- doesn't, it doesn't last that long. So yeah. it's not like, it, it's weird. It's, it's fucking wild, but. For me, honestly, and, and people might think I'm a psychopath when I say this stuff, but like, honestly, it doesn't really scare me. Yeah. Um, it's, that's what it's there for. It's there to keep me safe and it's there to keep me alive. Yeah. But I, I have kind of understood my limits better by getting to my limit. Yeah. And from there, I've been able to push that limit further by being smart with it. So it's been, fuck, it has to have been like three years now, two and a half years since my defibrillator has gone off. Wow. Um, that's, that's two, two years crazy, and, and my heart has continually with my last few checkups continued to get better. And I was a little worried, like, obviously, I mean, I was walking around at 206, 207 pounds. And then this last year I, I pushed up to like 240. Yeah. And I was a little bit worried about that, but I, I did my diligence, kept seeing my checkups with my doctor and yeah. everything was, was great still. So for me, it was just like, I mean, at some point my body just had some shit going on and and I take care of everything very well now. And I feel, to be honest, like I feel the healthiest I've ever felt. Yeah. Which there's a large piece to that. And and I think it's important to understand how you feel Mm -hmm. because everyone walks around feeling toxic as fuck. And it's like, well, you probably fucking are. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas for me, like when I felt my healthiest, I would know that I'd go to my doctor. And obviously I'm a little bit nervous when I go see my cardiologist that he's going to give me some shit news. Yeah when I feel healthy, I'm going in there knowing that like, I'm going to be told something and I'm praying and then I get told it. And it's like,
0: there's a fucking correlation here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's really that. I appreciate you sharing that with us here. So let me ask you, Um, there was a turning point at some time with your physique and with training session where like you looked in the mirror for the first time after this happened and you were like a, like, all right, all right, I'm coming back like probably a pump after a nasty fucking push or a back day or something. And there was also a training session that you were hitting it and you were like, all right, I'm on my way back. Do you remember those instances? And like, what kind of relief or what kind of mental experience did you have when you realized like, damn, like I was in the depths, I was on life support. I shouldn't be here. I should be dead. But now motherfuckers, I'm back. What was that like?
1: It's crazy, man. And, and honestly, I, it's I wish I really, really wish at the time I would have appreciated some of those moments a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the things moving forward that I know I can do because I am very grateful to be alive. I shouldn't be here. I'm somebody who's like we just said, I've died twice technically on paper.
0: Yeah, that's and crazy.
1: it's it makes you realize a lot of shit. Like I actually just this last weekend was down in calgary a city three hours for me for a show where i had some athletes competing and i was chatting with my buddy who does our videography brandon you know brandon very well
0: brandon Wara. yeah
1: brandon Wara. yeah absolutely.
0: our boy yeah that's my guy shout out absolutely <laughs> so him and i
1: him and i were chatting and like we were chatting about some pretty deep topics and like death and stuff and like it's crazy to me because the one of the wildest things that that experience did for me I'm not afraid of death at all, bro. Like yeah. that. I've always been a very risk averse person. Okay. Now that's not me saying I want to die. Yeah. Yeah. But that shit doesn't have a stranglehold on me at all. Yep. Like I'm not supposed to skydive or fucking scuba dive or anything. And I'll yep. tell you right now, I do it all. You do it
0: all. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking I, I, awesome.
1: I, it's just like now. And something Brandon was talking to me about, like, you need to think about the other people in your life though. Cause that's very true. Absolutely. But I just refuse to let this thing have a fucking stranglehold on me, man. And like you said, some of those moments where it was like, okay, things are turning now. I didn't really appreciate them for what they were, but looking back, I very much appreciate them now. Cause I can think of instances where it was like, and it, that piece with the physique and stuff is tough because I'm somebody and, and I'm sure you understand this. Like I am my own worst enemy all the fucking time. I have a really, really hard time being happy with the way that I look. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has been instances, though, and, like, one of the things I will say, because, again, I'm an open fucking book, and I just – I'm never going to lie. I did run a little bit of PDs and did my first exposure since 2018 this year. Yeah. The second that shit went in me, my body started changing so fucking fast. I bet. And then all of a sudden, the loads are moving way quicker. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I remember what it was like to touch 150-pound dumbbells. huh This this is cool, Uh and then it's just like that shit steamrolls further and further and further, and it's like, hey, I'm healthy, I'm growing very well. I've had multiple checkups. This is the shit that I miss. This is the feeling that I want. And I'm not saying the feeling of being on something because I took a lot less than people would assume, to be honest. And at the end of the day, it was the feeling of just fucking being in the mix again and feeling good when training, getting those crazy pumps being borderline obsessed with that piece mm-hmm. and man i watched it make a bunch of my fucking athletes better too
0: dude i can because they feed off that. it bro yep
1: yep they feed off it right and and it's not like i was being a sad little bitch when i wasn't doing it i was still training hard and and i think that's one of the reasons like i became a way better bodybuilder from 2018 to 2023 even though i didn't touch a single st- steroid, nothing. I didn't grow a ton. I became a way better bodybuilder because I had to learn to be the best version of me with fucking nothing. And what did that training in food?
0: You had to maximize every single little variable because you didn't have super physiological endocrine functioning that you can just rely on. And a lot of 100%. people miss that step. A lot of 100%. people miss that step. And it's also difficult, you know, it's a difficult situation when you, you know, you and I will get like a 24-year-old guy, and you know, he wants to be a pro bodybuilder or something like that. He might have a solid foundation. The reality is. We aren't able to take these people through a one-year bodybuilding school Mm -hmm. of this is how you bodybuild, and then we bring in PEDs. Like there's kind of a timer when these people start with you that and you can tell, you can tell in communication, you can tell in check-ins, you can tell in how things are going. Like, oh man, their their clock is ticking. Like they really want to start some PEDs. Like they really want to bring them in, but they're not learning how to. Body build, maximize the diet, maximize the digestion, maximize the sleep and recovery, and most importantly of all, like at the end of the day, this bodybuilding training is the holy grail. It's the king. It's why we do what we do is to train and get in the gym and be super physiological. And man, when you said like that feeling of picking up those one fifties, dude, it is liberating. I feel so free. When I pick up some heavy loads and you just fucking take it, dude, you just fucking go nuts over it. And there's something riveting about you fucking drop those motherfuckers. down. you finish your set and everyone's looking at you like, what the fuck? And your training partner's hype for you. It's like, dude, those are the moments I I feel most alive in those moments, bro. I you go so home alive. from
1: that session scared for your next session because it's like how
0: the fuck am i gonna beat that i gotta beat that hey thomas and i had to call off the dogs i'm not sure yeah. if you saw any of our ig posts we were hitting the oh, 150s yeah. Oh, yeah. for like 21 i hit 21 he hit like 25. dude we had to have a real serious conversation because we were chasing 30 and we had a real serious conversation one night i was like hey we no nah, we, we can't do this like we, <laughs> we need, yeah we need to chill out and yeah. you know, he was on board and he was cool with it. Dude, we've done some insane shit. We were we we were hitting the 170s um, Which, a while like, back. That's where the fun comes. I know. You know what I mean? But you got it's like, fuck. You know when you're like getting that point, Braden, of like, all right, like, look, we're pushing things. Yes, and right now <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Yeah. But I might be lucky to be good. <laughs> Like a hundred percent. Man, you get to that and you push it and you inch it and you inch it. And then there's just a set that you have in the gym where it's like, I I I my desire, my craving, all of my willpower is to do another set here, but I cannot for my health, yeah. for my physical well-being, I can I can't do another set. I'm not sure if this is gonna go well. I don't know how this is gonna yeah. end man learning to the the maturity of being able to call the dogs off like that because like we talked about earlier in the podcast hey we're violent motherfuckers and when you put those 150s in my hand that's that's the p i cannot be more violent it's not possible to be more violent than i am right then like it's not possible and you gotta fucking talk yourself down and be like don't do that again
1: yeah yeah and that's and and that's one of the most that's the hardest thing to teach people is that maturity as an athlete to make those decisions. Right. But to be honest, going back to my incident with my heart, that's what one of those things that that's one of those lessons that I fucking learned yep. because I got shocked yep. and I did that fucking three fifteen RDLs, just fucking wrapping it out like an idiot. And my defibrillator went off. Yep you'd have to be psychotic to want that to continually happen. You're right. So I had to learn, like I said, I had to learn that threshold of where can I push to without being stupid. Yeah. And the smarter I was, the further that threshold got. Yep. And as soon as I felt it, I'd pull back and that it taught me a lot about that. Now I'm a bodybuilder at heart. Am I going to ever have to pull back again? Cause I've pushed too far. You're goddamn right. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I'll never lose that killer instinct, but I've also gotten smarter. Yeah. And that's really important, I think. And and I still got a lot of learning. I mean, we all do. Oh, yeah. Right. And we're going to continue to take ourselves to places where it's like, hey, listen to your body because none of us want to. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I'm I'm kind of milking an injury right now and. I think I got to listen to my body a little bit more because I keep doing some push days and stuff and my shoulder is fucking obliterated. Yep. And it's like, at some point I want to start my growth phase again. My bloods are good. Everything's great here. The only thing's holding me back is my shoulder. <sighs> Figure it out and let this shit fix
0: itself. Uh, I know when I tell my chiropractor, I'll go in and I'll be like, dude, it has to be okay. Yeah. It, it just, it, I, I did a podcast with Stacy Burr and I was like, I don't fucking identify as being injured. Like this no. thing, like this thing needs to catch. I got, I got a little right shoulder issue. It was way bigger. A couple months back. I was like this, like I manifested this thing, fucking healing. I swear to God, I was like, you're not that's, hurt. That's literally where I'm at right now. Yep. I just decided it's going to be fixed. Yep. Yeah. You're fine. Fucking do it. Do what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. Do literally <laughs> like do what I'm fucking asking you to do something one day a week. You can fucking do that for me. And like, I don't know, bro. It, it somehow it's, like worked out well for me. Um, you're a young guy, you're listening to this podcast right now. What, how the fuck do I learn how to train? Where the fuck do I go to learn how to train? Where do I go, go Justin to learn- Braden. <laughs> 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 He's not wrong <laughs> let's say let's say finances are maybe a little bit too tight to do that um I want to give my opinion, but I want to hear yours first on where you go
1: for sure honestly, and I'll tell you one of the Jordan Peters, man. Yep. Yep. There is absolutely not a person on this fucking planet that can take themselves into a set like that, man. I agree. And I promise you, if you're listening to this and you can match 50% of his fucking intensity, you will become a better, better bodybuilder at any given time. I became fucking. So Matt Jansen and everybody probably knows this about me that I've been a super fan of Matt Jansen forever. Yeah. I was in university logging into muscle and fitness and all this muscular development. And I was reading, Dallas McCarver and Matt Jensen's blogs every morning. Um, During that time is when I stumbled across Jordan Peters. I instantly got a subscription to his website and I've watched every single video on that website that you can imagine. I became obsessed because, and to be completely honest, if I could have one dream physique and I'll say this till I'm blue in the face, it would be Jordan Peters physique Wow! because that motherfucker looks dangerous. Like he looks like a fucking walking bowling ball and every single piece of every ounce of tissue on his body is the definition of earned Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there literally is no off switch in his head. Mm -hmm. He flips the switch when he goes into a set and it's fucking scary. Mm -hmm. And if you there, I don't think there's another person in the world. I haven't seen it. Maybe guys like Eddie hall and shit before their big lifts, but I have not seen many bodybuilders that can do what Jordan Peters does. And that doesn't mean there's not a lot of bodybuilders doing great shit. Yeah. That guy's a different breed. Yeah. And if you want to learn something about intensity and training,
0: watch his stuff. God, I agree with that. The, the effort is just, I watch it, Braden. And like, dude, look, I, I know I train hard. I'm not saying I'm fucking out training the whole fucking world, but I feel really confident about what I'm doing in the gym. 100%. Fuck, dude, I watch that guy and I'm just like, where are you? Where? What? It doesn't make sense. What are you in? It actually doesn't make sense. The pain. It, there there's no supplement, Brady, you can take for that. There's no supplement that's no, gonna cut there, down this no, pain. There's no school, there's no supplement.
1: You gotta be psychotic. Watch him. The only thing you can do is watch him and try to emulate it. And like I said, the closest you'll get is probably 50%.
0: I wonder we've both done a set that was the hardest set we've ever done in our lives. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder how close that was to a regular Jordan Peters set. I, I, I truly do. I, I can't think of what the hardest set off the top of my head would be. It's definitely something on a pendulum squat or a hack squat. Yeah. Pendulum for me, I think. Yeah. I, I, I think a pendulum for me, we used to do, um, we used to do uh, Thomas and I would start with six plates. Yeah. Six fucking plates on a pendulum. Mm-hmm. And we'd hit like two or three reps and we'd drop a plate at a time all the way down to nothing on the fucking pendulum. Yeah. I would assume one of those, I probably tapped into some real deep shit and like was able to unleash You it. have to. You're not. It's just going to absolutely crumple you if you don't. Especially sixth place. Especially yeah. like, you know, at that percent I'm assuming that was my toughest. And like, that's a Jordan Peters set. That's just a set. You know, Oh, 100%. Him.
1: The dude has to have micro those fucking thin ass plates on his leg press to fit You're plates right. on there. And you just see. Have, do you ever see that video of him leg pressing? And Kareem's just throwing plates off for a drop set. She's just yard sailing them across the gym no, because no, no. he wants them drop. He wants it dropped like now. So she can't take the plate off. She's just literally grabbing it and fucking pizza dish, throwing the plates across the gym. Cause he's like, now it's fucking wild. Man.
0: So if you could train with one person, it'd be him. Yeah, honestly, it would be, it I, would I, be. I, I, I'd I, obviously,
1: I mean, again, I, I've said it forever. I'd love to train with Matt too. just, yeah. if I could pick Matt's brain a little bit, Matt's uh somebody who've always looked, just looked up to, but in yeah. terms of me, just if if you were like, I want you to go fucking hard in a training session, and I want you to kill yourself, and I'm going to give you one person to do it with, Jordan Peters. Jordan Peters,
0: I All day. I, I agree with Any that. Any day of the week. Okay, where I would go if I was uh if I was a young man listening to this podcast right now, or honestly. I think this kind of applies to everybody. I think there's bikini and one of those girls that can go watch Jordan Peters on a prime row and learn a fucking yep. ton from it. I really do. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, Brad. sidebar. This is why I post training footage. I post training footage for dude, whatever the fucking caption says or whatever the movement is. I want you to just watch where I'm going. And like, then I want yep. you to emulate like where I'm going in that set. I posted that single. I love that single arm cable pullover. Actually. I post that yesterday. Like, dude, The end of the set's really fucking intense. Like, there's a lot there that I just like. That's on a single arm cable, Mm -hmm. lap biased row. That's on an isolation movement. And, like, Mm -hmm. I want you to just, you know, take that over. Um, That being said, like, when when, when I watch people like, um, you know, when Matt and Dallas were getting after it, fuck. I'm watching, I'm watching. I, I, I'm I'm watching for one reason, one reason only. I'm watching to see the effort. 100. When you're scrolling through Instagram and there's someone who has like that hard earned physique like you're talking about, like, hey man, me and Braden, we got good physiques. We're not these genetic freaks whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And like the tissue we have, no, it's not close to where we're gonna be or where we want to be. But like, dude. We, we've had to earn all that, like through some really challenging sets, right? I, when you're watching people on IG, I want you to watch the duration of the sets, a 48 second clip. I want you to watch those 48 seconds. And like, you, that's where you learn. You're not learning from the first three reps or four reps. You're learning from the fucking hard shit, right? Um, if I was a young dude, a young gal, and I'm like, where do I start? To be honest with you, bro, I'm probably going to look up I'm gonna look up some of the Machiavelli motivation uh, YouTube videos before yeah. I'm doing, um, like when I'm doing my warm up cardio before training, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch Johnny and Branch. I, I know oh. Martin's in some of them going nuts. I know Nixon some of them going nuts. I know JPs and some of them going nuts. I'm gonna fucking watch those guys, and I'm just gonna watch the the the, the effort that they're giving, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I want to try to touch that. I wanna I wanna. I want to express that within where my current physical and mental capabilities are. And I'm going to watch that during my cardio, during my warm up for, you know, five, 10 minute walk on treadmill before I'm training. And then I'm going to go into my training session and I'm just going to make sure this is really, really hard. Like I need to make sure what matters the most, dude,
1: people like you you and I, again, we're writing programs for athletes. We're doing that stuff because. As your coach, I care about exercise selection. I see a physique. I know we need to bring this up, bring that up. The reality is, and especially if you're just somebody starting out, what matters most is that you fucking just go. Go. Because if you went in there and did honestly just an only chest day and you fucking just went and you absolutely obliterated only your chest and you made sure you ate enough and your chest grew and grew and grew, well, then great. You can find some fucking time to bring up the other areas. But if you don't have an area that's an Olympia level, then I don't really give a fuck. But oh what I do care God. about and what I will always care about is your intensity because that will build more muscle than any single thing
0: that you can put on paper. People are like, what's my weak point? And you know my response is, until you've won an Olympia, every single part of your body is your weak point. 100%. Every part. I, I have a new guy. He has really good potential. Um, I got a little 18-year-old. So when I, when I got, when I got 18 year old canvas, up, baby, yeah, dude, when I get 18 year old sent me up, I, I give him a nice little discount. Cause yeah. you know, when I was 18, I, I could, Oh my God, I would have loved to have a me when I was yeah. 18. Like you would have, you could have used Brayden now when you were 18, just oh. so hard. My yeah. God, I would be 100%. so much further than I am right now. hundred percent in am, life, bro. Yeah. Yeah. J- 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 bigger than bodybuilding. Yeah. Way bigger than bodybuilding. Um, his name, his name is Zeki. So Zeki, I, I believe that you came from the podcast. So shout out. He asked me a question. He was like, do you have any posts or anything where I can learn about, um, you know, protein intake being a little higher than carbohydrates? Cause it's starting diets, protein intake a little higher, higher than carbohydrates. He's, he's, he got 18 year old physique. You know, he's peeled for no reason and not much muscle. So, like, he doesn't need a lot of carbohydrates here. We need to fuel this training. We need to get this training really hard. We need to to pound this protein, and we need to fucking force your body to get some muscle on you. And as we see how you respond, you know, we're going to fucking bump some food up, whatever – so I tell him as I look, I got 280 podcasts, I got 200 YouTube, I got 2,200 Instagram posts, somewhere in there, it's being talked about. Yeah. What you need to focus on is not the science of why protein size and carbohydrates. What you need to focus on is going into your training sessions and Coin ballistic inside yeah. of your sets and that's where you're going to grow as a bodybuilder and that's really the only place right now that you need to have a lot of attention to is man how hard can I possibly work so mm-hmm. we start focused on the science and stuff like sure dude cool that's fine and well but it's just the science doesn't matter there's not a single element of science that matters until we account for effort the other day on my page I made a post about effort training effort and you know there were some people who were offended and when you looked at their pages you could tell why they were offended but there was this guy who's a PhD in exercise physiology and says not how hypertrophy works i go to his page and he's fucking pathetically small like absolutely pathetically fucking yeah. built and i'm like motherfucker you are going to try to tell me how hypertrophy works cuz you studied some fucking books so i you know i start going back and forth with him a little bit and he ended up like you know kind of coming around he ended up hopping to the dm so it wasn't public <laughs> He yeah. ended up coming, around. Yeah. Well, ended up coming around, but like I asked him, I was like, "Okay." And all these studies and all this research and whatnot. Um, how often have you seen a hypermuscular individual partake in this research? And furthermore, how often have you been scrolling through Instagram and seen a hypermuscular individual? Talking about, oh, well, I train uh, this set based on this science and this literature that was posted in 2016 because I really like it a lot. That doesn't exist. People are going in the gym and growing muscles from effort, period, point blank, in a discussion. Your science doesn't matter. Your science has certain foundational principles that carry over into other components, maybe sports supplements, uh, maybe future PEDs um, and things like that. but Nothing pertaining to bodybuilding like i mean hardcore we're taking drugs we're eating food we're training for 10 fucking years bodybuilding mm-hmm. there's none of it the science just doesn't matter you're very well versed but like the reality is Braden. how many I've tried calls to Forget half of it i know i know me too i've tried to forget most of it too how many times mm-hmm. are you making a call and you take science into account never I, I, I can't remember last time i, I, did, I
1: I, I don't really want to because I'm going to trust my eyes. hundred percent. I've tried the whole and I've done it and I've realized it's made me some of my decision making fucking worse over the yep. years. And it's like the more that I just fucking throw darts that I think are the right darts to throw, the more bullseyes that I hit. I agree. And don't get me wrong. Like, y- you know, I know there's always science that comes into peaks and stuff, but. Sometimes you just got to say, fuck that shit. Cause it doesn't make any sense. Yep. You just got to do it. You just got to go with the body. If saying. it works, it works. Right. Like there's something here that's moving now. I, I don't want to forget everything I've ever fucking learned. Yeah. But I, that's, I went through a very large period. I don't even know if you noticed it. I just stopped fucking posting on social media. Yeah. Cause I was absolutely burned out by being included with a crowd that was just functional health bullshit. That was just uh, yeah. education, education, everyone talking about the same shit. Yep. So I did the the worst thing I could do was just, you know what? Fuck it. I'm out. I'm just not going to post anymore or talk much rather than just differentiate myself a little bit more, which I realized after the fact, but it's just, man, like everybody just talks about science now. And it's like, well, why is nobody just showing the the shit that actually changes the physique?
0: I think there's a problem that people um, look at someone, even like you and I, who aren't these overly impressive individuals. And it's so unrealistic.
1: So whatever we're
0: saying is more out of maybe the ordinary as opposed to like the people who are constantly talking about the science. When I like dude, the N1 education guys are incredibly intelligent. They're 100%. super fucking well versed in some of the more right. intelligent individuals that there are in this entire industry that being said, they're, you know, they don't have physiques that are going to be competitive body I was like,
1: just hey, going to say, show me a freak.
0: This is not a knock on them. This is their niche but yeah. people are going to be more aligned with what they're doing and saying because it's more achievable than the extreme of like, I mean, I'm I'm waking up the last three days at 272 pounds. That's really difficult to fucking get to and people are like, how in the, like, I'm 190 pounds. There's no way yeah. I can put on 82 pounds of fucking tissue, right? Yeah.
1: Well, and I,
0: I look at it this way when we talk about
1: like the intensity thing it's like okay so if you do shit the way that these n1 guys are saying shit but with the level of intensity that I'm telling you to have you're gonna fucking grow oh yeah now if you do shit wrong but with the level of intensity I'm telling you to have you're going to fucking grow. You're still going to Now grow. tell me what the most important variable is. Yeah. Because it's sure as fuck not absolute perfection on either side. Yep. Now, for sure, if you're my athlete, I'm picking apart your training and trying to make it better. Yeah. But primarily focusing every single time. if you're, If your intensity is ass, I'm going to tell you that first. Yep. Because I can't fix your form if your intensity is ass. Because as soon as I fix your form, you're going to lose it as soon as you get intense.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. And I agree with that. There's a there's an element of foundational mechanics that make up, you know, very early we don't want you to get hurt. No. If you're not. fucking pressing with your elbows out here, I'm not going to tell yeah. you to do it with high effort. <laughs> I'm exactly. going to be like, dude, we need to fuck we need to unfuck this. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I I I could chat with you about this shit all day, man. Um, it's it's refreshing. I feel like you and I are just very aligned with like the way that we fucking operate our lives, like, not just bodybuilding. Like it's everything, it's, bro. It's dope. Make sure sh- hey, make sure we get some time together at the Texas Pro this year.
1: I will, bro. I will. All for right. Sure. I, have, uh, I might have two athletes doing it. I for sure have a classic guy and Fuck. potentially a bikini girl.
0: Fuck yeah, I think I got four, five doing it. Fucking right. So, Any classic guys? Um, not yet, but. Who knows? Okay. Probably pick someone up along the way. <laughs> Let's go to war. <laughs> Let's fucking go to war, baby. I got uh, wellness. Got WPD. Got got two wellness. Got uh, one WPD, potentially two. Got one figure. Um, oh, potentially a like bikini. That um right. potentially so yeah dude, let's fucking battle it out let's dog made the worst man lose <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll cut out some time for
1: sure though. We'll go for dinner or something and i would love that i would absolutely fun. love that i'm yeah. looking forward to seeing you man i mean your energy fucking is is explosive which i i love being around that shit that's why like you you know dylan too and yep. and that we just, bro, it just shit happens. You know what I mean? Yep. You get around people like that and good shit happens. So yeah, that's like how it happen, That's who brother. Ross
0: is for me. Uh, I would say, like,
1: yeah, hey, even even Ross when I was is. there, man, I, I met Ross when I went down to Texas for the Flavor Gang stuff. And yep. it's the same fucking way. And yep. I've learned who he is a little bit. And obviously there's poking and shit here and there. But <laughs> yeah. he's fiery, bro. You know what? Yeah. I prefer that. Absolutely. And it's like, if, if you want me to do something, rip a fucking strip off me and tell me to do it. I agree 100%. Vice versa. Yeah. Right? Because I don't want you to be fucking pussyfooting around it just fucking you know what i mean oh, so those are the type of those are the people you want in your corner just like we talked about speak your fucking truth don't beat around the bush
0: That was a phenomenal uh, outro for this. I was going to ask you if you had any closing words, but that was pretty fucking good, man. (laughs) (laughs)
1: There we go.
0: Brayden, dude, thank you so much for taking time out. I know you're crazy busy right now. I can't wait to come up and hit a pump session with you uh, when the gym is finally open, but I'll be seeing you August 19th, um, and and I'll look forward to that. So, Brayden, thanks so much for coming on. You guys on YouTube can see to the uh, right of Brayden where to find him on Instagram, but for the people listening on streaming services, Brayden, where can they find you?
1: It's just at Braden Miller fit B R A E D E N M I L L E R fit or at team Miller elite, which is our team page where I have a couple coaches who work with me here as well. So thank you, Justin, for having me on brother. It's been a long time and obviously we've uh, been kicking it and chatting for a bit here. So it's been an absolute pleasure coming on and shooting the shit, my man.
0: Absolutely bro. Until next time. And it won't be uh, it won't be as long as this time. So I'll get you on again Fair soon. Enough. Okay. Cheers, brother. All right, brother. To- yep. Have a going.
1: Peace.